So last time we were thinking about how the angels uh, told the shepherds they could find God in the flesh. Uh, to you in David's town this day is born. This will be a human life. A God who has not come to berate us with judgment or bury us in legal requirements and restrictions, but a God who has come to be with us, to dwell with us in the person of Jesus. You and I are not alone. We have a God who is able to understand, a God who cares deeply, a God who has walked this road and felt our pain. So then the next question comes, well, what kind of a human life will God live? In what kind of flesh will we find God? So the angels answer that for the shepherds. They give them this clue, as we were thinking, uh, a few days, weeks, I can't remember, uh, ago. They say you will find him wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. I want to think for a moment about what it means to find God in a manger. You probably know mangers were made out of wood mostly, sometimes stone. The word for carpenter in Greek can, can mean carpenter, it can also mean stonemason. Uh, and the truth is probably a lot of them had the same kind of skill base. So mangers were either carved out of stone and then filled with hay uh, or made out of wood, like the one just below the tree there. Uh, I'm pointing, I don't really know if I'm pointing in the right place. Is that about it? Something like that. Uh, and um, they, But they, they had a practical purpose. Uh, they were filled with food or water for animals. They were often would be full then with kind of mush where animals had eaten over the manger and had to be cleaned out regularly by a slave. Usually a child was asked to do that. It was thought to be below an adult, certainly a, a, an adult of normal social status. So a slave child would often clean out mangers. Now shepherds would know this more than most shepherds worked with. Uh, animals, cattle, sheep, goats, uh, they understood this better than, than most. You will find him in a manger. Sometimes we find God in the most unlikely places, in the simple, in the small. There's an ancient sermon by one of the early church fathers, a bishop, uh, about these words. You will find him in a manger. And he writes this, that the message of the manger, because the, the, the shepherds are told this will be a sign to you. So it's not just something that happens. It doesn't just point you to his location. It points you to a greater reality. Something is being shared and demonstrated. There's an object lesson right here uh, in the manger. And he writes that the message of the manger is that God inhabits the small and insignificant things. Just think about that for just a moment. God inhabits the small and insignificant things. I'm sure, like most people, the run-up to Christmas has been pretty busy. Uh, it may still be busy for you. I don't know if you're, you're finished with all your preparations uh, or whether there's still a list, but some of it just feels pretty small and insignificant. And yet, this is a God that we can find in this place, in a small and insignificant place. There's a song by Chris Tomlin called Winter's Snow. And it's a beautiful, quiet little song. Um, not many people know it. It's um, not one of, uh, one of those big anthems that we sing at Christmas time. 
Uh, but he talks about, you know, you could have come like a raging storm with all the power of a hurricane. You could have come like a forest fire and engulfed us in the fire of your, your holiness and your purity and your passion. But you came like, he says, a winter's snow, quiet, soft and slow, falling from the sky in the night to the earth below. God comes in the simple, in the small. There's plenty of references to this in the Old Testament. There was a time when Elijah, the prophet, this prophet who had called down fire from heaven, presuming like a, a lightning bolt had come from heaven and ignited the altar and called the people back to true faith in God and uh, away from, from false religion. This, this prophet of power and demonstration and fire in one season of his life has to learn that God speaks in a still, small voice. The translation of that is painfully difficult. In, in the Hebrew, it means the sound of nothingness, silence. Elijah loved the voice, uh, the, the voice of God and he loved to share the voice of God with others, but he had to learn that this same God sometimes speaks in silence, in stillness, in a whisper in the desert, in a cave, God in unexpected places. And so today, and uh, this weekend, in all the busyness, uh, some of it great, some of it maybe difficult, I don't know, uh, maybe some of us will be cramming our homes or other people's homes full of people and food and presents and drink and that's always not always a great combination. Can we seek to find God in stillness and smallness and quietness? What if God has something to say to you this Christmas? What if he's whispering somewhere? What if he's inhabiting something that seems so insignificant and so small, but if you'll stop and listen and look, there is a sign for you. My prayer for each and every one of us is that this truly would be Christmas for us. I love the, uh, the words of the carol. We hear the Christmas tidings, the great glad tidings tell, oh, come to us, abide in us our Lord, Emmanuel. And that's my prayer, that that would be our experience this Christmas uh, of the God who comes to us, who somehow dwells in us, who inhabits the small and insignificant things, who speaks into the stillness, the quietness, the smallness, the strangeness. May you this Christmas know this God, even in unexpected places. We'll be back in uh, January because there's some other people that we haven't thought about yet and they don't come before or at Jesus' birth. Uh, they come sometime after it and there's some interesting lessons to learn from them. Uh, I'm going to be off uh, next week and uh, the, the first kind of week of January will we'll be into other prep stuff. But we will come back, I promise, because there's some interesting and fascinating and important lessons uh, to learn. Uh, so thank you again for being part of this, whether you join us on YouTube or 
pod, on the podcast or whether you're one of those people that uh, Lorraine translates this into a CD for and posts it out. And if you're not and you'd like to be or you can think of somebody who would like to be, let us know. We can see if they want to be part of that mailing list. But however you're connected to us, thank you, thank you, thank you. It, it means the world to me. Uh, it would not be church without us. You know, we are church together uh, and you make this a special and a precious place to be. So thank you for being you. Have a great Christmas and we'll get together in the new year. God bless you.